0: Welcome to the Core Principles Podcast. Thank you for tuning in, and we hope you'll enjoy this lively discussion of relevant topics, which we attempt to examine through the lens of unchanging, objective truth. Here's the host of the Core Principles Podcast, Clay Howerton. Thank you, Suzanne. The topic for this episode is the end times. I am interested in this topic, but of course, not expert in it. So I want to start with the disclaimers and caveats. No one knows when God will do what he will do. No one knows when Jesus will return in terms of calendar dates. It's important that we know we don't know everything. In fact, our lack of knowing everything was the first restriction God placed on us in the Garden of Eden. The tree of the knowledge of good and evil was the forbidden fruit. Satan knew we humans were made to be inquisitive and to learn, and he knew we were potentially vain So his temptation included the assurance that we would become like God if we partook of the knowledge God had explicitly restricted. Jesus himself counseled regarding the end times, Heaven and earth will pass away, but my words will never pass away. But about that day or hour, no one knows, not even the angels in heaven, but only the Father. It's also important, in addition to knowing that we don't know everything, to understand that we don't clearly understand everything. Even Paul, who was directly commissioned by God to advance the gospel of Jesus Christ and to grow the church whom Paul had once persecuted, said, When I was a child, I talked like a child. I reasoned like a child. When I became a man, I put the ways of childhood behind me. But even now, I see as through a glass darkly, whereas then I shall see face to face. Therefore, everything I say about the end times will not rely on any knowledge or understanding of my own. Indeed, even the research of the relevant scripture passages for this topic was not done by myself primarily, but my friend, David Parrish, who runs World Missions and Evangelism. David graciously allowed me to take some of the years of research he has done and tailor this message around it. Given all of that, the Bible does tell us in many passages and in many ways about how God is working things out. We know that God is the creator of all things. We know that God created man for the purpose of having relationship with him. We know that we humans chose to stray and continue to choose to stray from God's perfect and holy standard. And that sin separates us from him. We know that God gave us a way to relate to him through his law that he presented through Moses and that we messed that up too. We know that God provided the ultimate sacrifice on our behalf to restore us to him if we will accept what Jesus did for us. And we know that God has plans for resolving the war and strife that has plagued creation nearly forever. But what are those plans, and how will they come to pass, and how can we know where we are in the sequence of those planned events? To address those questions, let's look at things sequentially, and let's rely completely on scripture for the hints to the answers. Let's start with what Jesus told us about what is sometimes called the beginning of sorrows, this period from Pentecost to the rapture. In Matthew chapter 24, we read this. Jesus left the temple and was walking away when his disciples came up to him to call his attention to its buildings. Do you see all these things? he asked. Truly, I tell you, not one stone here will be left on another. Every one will be thrown down. As Jesus was sitting on the Mount of Olives, the disciples came to him privately. Tell us, they said, when will this happen, and what will be the sign of your coming and of the end of the age? Jesus answered, Watch out that no one deceives you, for many will come in my name, claiming I am the Messiah, and they will deceive many. You will hear of wars and rumors of wars, but see to it that you are not alarmed, and many false prophets will appear and deceive many people. Because of the increase of wickedness, the love of most will grow cold. But the one who stands firm to the end will be saved, and this gospel of the kingdom will be preached in the whole world as a testimony to all nations, and then the end will come. So we can see clearly that a prerequisite of the end is the fulfillment of Jesus' great commission, that is, that the gospel will be preached to all people groups. Later, John was on the island of Patmos and received the revelation. In the first six chapters of what John was led to write, we find the events of the beginning of sorrows, just as Jesus taught in the Gospel of Matthew that we just read. First, John wrote about the conditions of the Christian churches, he wrote specifically to seven churches, and in each case, he advised what Jesus saw that was good about those individual churches and what was lacking. Next, John wrote about the situation in heaven. The first and most noteworthy truth revealed to John was this, In heaven, there is a throne, and someone is sitting on it. Let us never forget and never doubt that God is always, always sovereign And in control. The next thing John recorded was the fact that all others in heaven were continually worshiping and praising God. We should do likewise. Then John saw in the right hand of him who sat on the throne a scroll with writing on both sides and sealed with seven seals. But no one could open the scroll, John says. I wept and wept because no one was found who was worthy to open the scroll or look inside. Then one of the elders said, Do not weep. See, the Lion of the tribe of Judah, the Root of David, has triumphed. He is able to open the scroll and its seven seals. Then, of course, in Revelation chapter 6, John documents what he saw as the seals were opened. My friend and scholar David describes this part as the flow of history. To me, this part is quite mysterious, and I'm definitely looking through a dark glass rather than seeing clearly. Here's what John wrote about the opening of the first six seals. I watched as the lamb opened the first of the seven seals. Then I heard one of the four living creatures say in a voice like thunder, Come! I looked And there before me was a white horse. Its rider held a bow and he was given a crown and he rode out as a conqueror bent on conquest. When the lamb opened the second seal I heard the second living creature say come. Then another horse came out a fiery red one. Its rider was given power to take peace from the earth and to make people kill each other. To him was given a large sword. When the lamb opened the third seal, I heard the third living creature say, come. I looked, and there before me was a black horse. Its rider was holding a pair of scales in his hand. Then I heard what sounded like a voice among the four living creatures saying, two pounds of wheat for a day's wages and six pounds of barley for a day's wages, and do not damage the oil and the wine. When the lamb opened the fourth seal, I heard the voice of the fourth living creature say, come. I looked, and there before me was a pale horse. Its rider was named Death, and Hades was following close behind him. They were given power over a fourth of the earth, to kill by sword, famine, and plague, and by the wild beasts of the earth. When he opened the fifth seal, I saw under the altar of the souls of those who had been slain because of the word of God and the testimony they had maintained." They called out in a loud voice, How long, sovereign lord, holy and true, until you judge the inhabitants of the earth and avenge our blood? Then each of them was given a white robe, and they were told to wait a little longer until the full number of their fellow servants, their brothers and sisters, were killed just as they had been. I watched as he opened the sixth seal. There was a great earthquake. The sun turned black like sackcloth made of goat hair. The whole moon turned blood red, and the stars in the sky fell to earth as figs drop from a fig tree when shaken by a strong wind. The heavens receded like a scroll being rolled up, and every mountain and island was removed from its place. Then the kings of the earth, the princes, the generals, the rich, the mighty, and everyone else, both slave and free, hid in caves and among the rocks of the mountains. They called to the mountains and to the rocks, Fall on us and hide us from the face of him who sits on the throne and from the wrath of the Lamb. For the great day of their wrath has come, and who can withstand it? Now, of course, in the first passage I read from the Gospel of Matthew, Jesus described these exact same events in the exact same order, just in different words. Before we get to the opening of the seventh seal, let's pause here. Many have speculated and will speculate on the symbology of the horse's and of the riders. For example, is the rider of the white horse the Antichrist? I have no idea. I also have no certain knowledge about when rapture will happen, but it seems possible that it may be during this time between the opening of the sixth and seventh seals. But remember that Jesus established a prerequisite for the end, that the gospel be shared to all peoples. So let's put a marker here and talk about the closing of this part of the overall sequence. We move from the beginning of sorrows to the end of what you could call the church age, which comes with the fulfillment of the Great Commission. We go back to the Gospels for the references here. Again, Matthew twenty four fourteen, and this gospel of the kingdom will be preached in the whole world as a testimony to all nations, and then the end will come. Later in Matthew chapter twenty eight. Then Jesus came to them and said, All authority in heaven and on earth has been given to me. Therefore, go and make disciples of all nations, baptizing them in the name of the Father and of the Son and of the Holy Spirit and teaching them to obey everything I have commanded you. And surely I am with you always to the very end of the age. So that, of course, is our great commission from Jesus. Then in the first chapter of Acts, we read of Jesus' instructions to his followers again. Then they gathered around him and asked, Lord, are you at this time going to restore the kingdom to Israel? He said to them, It is not for you to know the times or the dates that the Father has set by his own authority, but you will receive power when the Holy Spirit comes on you, and you will be my witnesses in Jerusalem and in all Judea and in Samaria and And to the ends of the earth. After he said this, he was taken up before their very eyes, and a cloud hid him from their sight. They were looking intently up into the sky as he was going, and suddenly two men, dressed in white, stood beside them. Men of Galilee, they said, Why do you stand here looking into the sky? This same Jesus, who has been taken from you into heaven, will come back. In the same way you have seen him go into heaven. Now I mentioned rapture. This topic is a stumbling block for many, and it even divides believers sometimes. Remember, we don't know everything, and we don't clearly see everything. Let us therefore not be divisive about what are known as debatable matters, since we don't see all there is to see about them. But there is significant information in Holy Scripture about this thing called the rapture of the church and we should study it and seek God's discernment as he may choose to give it to us. From 1 Thessalonians chapter 4. Brothers and sisters, we do not want you to be uninformed about those who sleep in death, so that you do not grieve like the rest of mankind who have no hope. For we believe that Jesus died and rose again, and so we believe that God will bring with Jesus those who have fallen asleep in him. According to the Lord's word, We tell you that we who are still alive, who are left until the coming of the Lord, will certainly not precede those who have fallen asleep. For the Lord himself will come down from heaven with a loud command, with the voice of the archangel and with the trumpet call of God, and the dead in Christ will rise first. After that, we who are still alive and left will be caught up together with them in the clouds to meet the Lord in the air. And so we will be with the Lord forever. Therefore, encourage one another with these words. And also from 1 Corinthians chapter 15. I declare to you, brothers and sisters, that flesh and blood cannot inherit the kingdom of God, nor does the perishable inherit the imperishable. Listen, I tell you a mystery. We will not all sleep, but we will all be changed in a flash. And Jesus also counseled his disciples in the Gospel of John, chapter 14. Do not let your hearts be troubled. You believe in God, believe also in me. My Father's house has many rooms. If that were not so, would I have told you that I am going there to prepare a place for you? And if I go and prepare a place for you, I will come back and take you to be with me so that you may be where I am. You know the way to the place where I'm going. And Thomas said to him, Lord, we don't know where you're going. How can we know the way? Jesus answered, I am the way and the truth and the life. No one comes to the Father except through me. Also in 1 Thessalonians 5, Now, brothers and sisters, about times and dates we do not need to write to you, for you know very well that the day of the Lord will come like a thief in the night. While people are saying peace and safety, destruction will come on them suddenly as labor pains on a pregnant woman, and they will not escape. But you, brothers and sisters, are not in darkness, so that this day should surprise you like a thief. You are all children of the light and children of the day. We do not belong to the night or to the darkness. So then let us not be like others who are asleep, but let us be awake and sober. Those who sleep, sleep at night. Those who get drunk, get drunk at night. But since we belong to the day, let us be sober, putting on faith and love as a breastplate and hope of salvation as a helmet. For God did not appoint us to suffer wrath, but to receive salvation through our Lord Jesus Christ. He died for us, so that whether we are awake or asleep, we may live together with him. Therefore, encourage one another and build each other up, just as, in fact, you are doing. Also in Second Thessalonians chapter 2, Concerning the coming of our Lord Jesus Christ and our being gathered to him, we ask you, brothers and sisters, not to become easily unsettled or alarmed by the teaching allegedly from us, whether by prophecy or word of mouth or by letter, asserting that the day of the Lord has already come. Don't let anyone deceive you in any way, for that day will not come until the rebellion occurs and the man of lawlessness is revealed, the man doomed to destruction. He will oppose and exalt himself over everything that is called God or worshipped, so that he sets himself up in God's temple, proclaiming himself to be God. Don't you remember that when I was with you, I used to tell you these things? And now you know what is holding him back, so that he may be revealed at the proper time. For the secret power of lawlessness is already at work, but the one who now holds it back will continue to do so till he is taken out of the way. Now here, I rely on some notes shared by my friend David Parrish, this taking out of the way, that which is now holding back the power of lawlessness, could refer to the departure of the Church. Jesus Christ we ourselves have that role in restraining and at some point we will be taken out of the way that would be the rapture now we return to the revelation when we left what John had documented for us about what God had revealed to him six of the seven seals had been opened we are now at chapter 7 of Revelation and the seventh seal has not yet been opened after this I saw four angels standing at the four corners of the earth holding back the four winds of the earth to prevent any wind from blowing on the land of the sea or any tree. And then I saw another angel coming up from the east, having the seal of the living God. He called out in a loud voice to the four angels who had been given power to harm the land and the sea. Do not harm the land of the sea or the trees until we put a seal on the foreheads of the servants of our God. Then I heard the number of those who were sealed, 144,000 from all the tribes of Israel." Now those 144,000 Israelites, that's 12,000 each from the 12 tribes, are on earth when they are thus sealed. And so now we go back, way back, to the prophet Daniel. Here's part of what Daniel told us, recorded in the ninth chapter of the book of Daniel. While I was speaking and praying, confessing my sin and the sin of my people Israel, and making my request to the Lord God for his holy hill while I was still in prayer, Gabriel, the man I had seen in the earlier vision, came to me in swift flight about the time of the evening sacrifice. He instructed me and said to me, Daniel, I have now come to give you insight and understanding. As soon as you began to pray, a word went out, which I have come to tell you, for you are highly esteemed. Therefore, consider the word and understand the vision. Seventy sevens are decreed for your people and your holy city to finish transgression, to put an end to sin, to atone for wickedness, to bring in everlasting righteousness, to seal up vision and prophecy, and to anoint the most holy place. Know and understand this. From the time the word goes out to restore and rebuild Jerusalem until the anointed one, the ruler, comes, there will be seven sevens and sixty-two sevens. It will be Rebuilt, with streets and a trench, but in times of trouble. After those 62 sevens, the anointed one will be put to death and will have nothing. The people of the ruler who will come will destroy the city and the sanctuary. The end will come like a flood. War will continue until the end, and desolations have been decreed. He will confirm a covenant with many for one seven. In the middle of that seven... He will put an end to sacrifice and offering. And at the temple, he will set up an abomination that causes desolation until the end that is decreed is poured out on him. Now, at this time, the church of Jesus is in heaven, including those 144,000 sealed from the 12 tribes of Israel. So resuming Revelation chapter 7, right where we left off. After this, John says, I looked and there before me was a great multitude that no one could count, from every nation, tribe, people, and language. Standing before the throne and before the Lamb, they were wearing white robes and were holding palm branches in their hands, and they cried out in a loud voice, Salvation belongs to our God who sits on the throne and to the Lamb. All the angels were standing around the throne and around the elders and the four living creatures. They fell down on their faces before the throne and worshipped God, saying, Amen. Praise and glory and wisdom and thanks and honor and power and strength be to our God forever and ever. Amen. Then one of the elders asked me, These in white robes, who are they, and where did they come from? I answered, Sir, you know. And he said, These are they who have come out of the great tribulation. They have washed their robes and made them white in the blood of the Lamb. Therefore, they are before the throne of God and serve him day and night in his temple, and he who sits on the throne will shelter them with his presence." Never again will they hunger, never again will they thirst. The sun will not beat down on them, nor any scorching heat, for the Lamb at the center of the throne will be their shepherd. He will lead them to springs of living water, and God will wipe away every tear from their eyes. Therefore, as noted, Jesus calls his church to him, and the seventh seal has not yet been opened. Next, Antichrist will be revealed, and the seven-year great Tribulation will bring the wrath of God. We will continue this in the next episode. Core Principles Podcast is produced in Paducah, Kentucky by Real Productions. Music is by Late July, L E I G H T July. You can find our music on all streaming services or at latejuly.com. Thank you for joining us today for this episode of the Core Principles Podcast. Please visit core.buzzsprout.com for more information. And please share with your friends. We look forward to visiting with you again on our next episode.